Hello, and happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of The Trading Desk with me, Joshua Thanos, and my life partner, the Punisher, Jason Maine. What's up, Jay? <laughs> Jay, quit. Okay, peace out. Send me all your customers. What's going on, guys? Happy Friday. Uh, welcome back. We're, uh, you guys are late because we've been in the chat box for like the last 10 minutes. I was the first one to comment, by the way. Uh, Josh was the third one to comment first. But yeah, <laughs> welcome back. Happy Friday. Hope you're having a good uh, wrap to the evening. Um, maybe a good weekend. Thanks for signing in. So uh, why don't you tell us what we got planned for tonight since I think well, we're going to go ahead and phone this one in. No, we're just going to talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about tonight. Yeah, yeah which is basically we're going to talk about watches. We got two very nice watches for this or that. Those are sitting there on the table. And if you guys can identify them based on the pictures you see on the screen, good on you. Because nobody can. Um, but let's start with uh, wrist shots. Jay, yeah, let's do what it. you got there, man? So I am wearing the He's uh, wearing a Rolex, very guys. surprising to you guys, the uh, 114060, so non-date ceramic sub. And... Uh, couldn't be happier with this watch 40 millimeters just great everyday watch as i always say sing praises on it um i think it's not much nicer than the date which seems to kind of be the trend for my watches and coincidentally um one of the watches on the table which i did not pick is a non-date as well so josh likes non-dates also yeah i'm okay with a non-date and jason is clearly very excited about what's on his wrist today so uh today let's go ahead and get a little close up there I have a Seiko on my wrist, a Seiko Turtle. And in fact, it's nicknamed a Ninja Turtle. This is from their Black Series. Uh, it's, this one is the SRCP, or sorry, SRPC 49. All right, so this is the Seiko Turtle 44 millimeters. It's the 200 meters dive watch, uh, all black PVD, or is it DLC, Jay? Do you know? That is uh, DLC, I believe. Okay, so yeah. Jason says it's DLC. I'll go ahead and what he says. Um, it has black, uh, the yeah. supple black leather stra or rubber strap, uh, PVD buckle, and uh, probably when I'm wearing it, I feel like it's my favorite watch. Now, which Ninja Turtle do you think that is? is that oh, this the, is Leonardo, Jason. Is? Okay. That's right, yeah. I would have leaned a little more like uh, you, Raphael. You'd be wrong about that. Okay. Yes. And uh, what's really cool about this watch, and let's listen, for hopefully every, tactile, everybody can hear. Oh, it's so nice. So that really beautiful uh, feeling on the rotating bezel, it's uh, spring-loaded. And so with a retail $495, I'd say that this is probably the nicest sub-$500 watch you can buy, right? I mean, with if you look at everything that goes into it, so DLC, it's a mix of different uh, materials and textures. The, the matte dial, faded indices, uh, green, or sorry, uh, orange hand it has even a 45 or sorry is it a 20 minute timer on the uh, on the bezel i mean for everything you get with this watch for 450 bucks unless you're going with like some sunto uh, dive watch uh which would be like like really really nice but those are right. over a thousand bucks for 400 495 for a mechanical watch i don't know if you get a better one yeah i think um you know there might be other seikos i would pick but i agree seiko for five hundred dollar or sub five hundred dollar watch it's hard to beat seiko right you can't beat it but at this one specifically and this one is sold out i believe this was uh japanese domestic market only from what i understand what i've read online which i've seen mixed uh you know mixed reviews on that or or mixed messages on that in that regard um but it's all sold out and if you search that reference online i see people asking over a thousand dollars doesn't mean they're selling for that could well mean that they're selling for less mm -hmm. than that, Jason. 
but people are asking. They're certainly posted and asking and fishing for a price, you know. Yeah. Um, well, we know how much they pay, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, those are our wrist shots. I'm loving this thing. I'm heading to Miami this weekend. I'll probably be wearing this the entire weekend, probably in the warm waters of the Atlantic. Yeah. Southern well, Atlantic wore, uh, waters. Last time we went down to Florida, I wore the patty all weekend. That was great. Yeah. What does patty stand for, Jason? Patty is Professional Association of Dive Instructors. Oh, wow. If I'm not mistaken. That's a good job, man. That was great. You're, you're awesome, Jason. Now, all right. So, yeah, if you guys want a, a nice Seiko uh, that's not a limited edition, which this one is a limited edition, patty, from what I read, is a special edition. What's the difference? No idea. But I assume one's limited, because it says limited edition here. And the other one is special, but not limited. So it's special, but not special enough. No, it's not like to be limited. It's not actually special. Well, Patty, it's special you can just like buy how it. your mom tells your sibling that they're special, or how she says I'm special. She says she calls me every night. And says Josh, you're special, and I said, she you know what? You I agree with you. Now she lives in Florida. I live in uh, Philly, dude. Mine um, too. So, all right. Um, so th that's on the wrist today. I've been wearing this for just for the day. You've been wearing your watch all week. Have you? Have you taken that Rolex off this week? Uh, no. This is uh, so you the Panerai went weekend. on yeah. Saturday after the show, mm -hmm. and uh, back in the box. And then this one's been on the wrist. Do all you week. do like a weekly rotation? I'm try. I always try to notice what's on your wrist when I come in, but I don't. I'm, so it's, it's hard of, for me to pay attention. Yeah, you know? I, I, I don't really like uh, rotate on a daily basis. It's too much work. The watches are. I don't keep them out like on top of a desk or mm -hmm. anything. They're in the safe. Uh, so that means opening up the safe, pulling them out. It's just I you tend to safe. That's right. Yeah, I tend to rotate them like once a week. If that yeah, because it's like a pro for me. Yeah, it's a little bit more. Of a I have a little table next to my nightstand with my watch box that has six spots, and then below that I have like a little table that has all the extra watches. Yeah. So I'll open that and I'll say, see which one's talking to me today. Hey. Pick me, pick me, pick me, you know? It's like the puppies at the puppy store. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're clamoring. They're coming to the edge. They're like, pick me, pick me. And I'll go ahead and put one on. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Put it back in. The, and then I'll look to the bottom drawer. And this, the the Seiko was on the bottom. They just lay flat. They don't get a spot in the box. Right. They're not important I enough. have the same thing with the other watches. Yeah, they, they just, just lay them out there. Sit out, Those yeah. ones sit next to your knives, I bet. No, the knives are deeper in the safe. Oh, okay. Yeah, underneath yeah. other things. I got you. Those are hidden. Yeah, they're double redundancy. Okay. Yeah, you're, well, you have more of a, uh, of like a process for these things. But, yeah, so I wake up in the morning. I say, which one? Maybe if I have a client coming in who likes Panerai, I'll wear the Panerai. If I decide I want to have a bracelet watch, I'll decide on a daily basis. So I, I switch it up almost every day. And then if I don't, it's only because I'm being lazy. Because I forgot and I, like, I left one of the watches down on the on the dining room table and I'll grab it before I leave out that day. Or so I left I have, it in my car or yeah, something. Yeah, I have like a spot where like my keys my wallet my you know my, my knife that i'm carrying and my watch go that's like the stuff that i have on me at the time or what some people would call edc um every day carry yeah, my pen so there's a specific yeah. spot where that by goes by the way guys hold on every single day since i've known jason let's get a close-up on his neck here he keeps a special pen i assume this is for stabbing someone in the neck as well it's just what a is pen. It? It's, no, it's not. I think that's a weapon, Jason. It's just a pen. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So you have that. You carry that in that same spot. every. Like I feel like we were on a boat in South Florida in the ocean, and you had that pen with you. Uh, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think so. Just in case a, a, a predator came up, you could stab him. I may have had like a Fisher waterproof pen oh, when okay. we were on the boat or something. Yeah, make sure you sign a check or something, yeah. Anyhow... But yeah, I have a specific spot. So to answer the question, the the watch that I'm wearing that week 
just goes right there with all their stuff and then i just pick it up in the morning yeah so that's kind of how it works for me right well yeah you plan your days out in advance whereas i just explode out of bed in a panic take over somehow make it to the shower and then get dressed and run out the front door at full speed that's kind of my that's how it works lock the door and yeah well listen that's why I have a little guard dog, and, and uh, actually, my, my, I don't have to lock my door. I have, like, an automatic uh, electronic ah, lock. So, right. so after, after 30 seconds, it locks itself. Thank God. So otherwise, I probably would forget. But, uh, yeah. All right, so there you go. That's, that's uh, a little... A little insight for you guys. <laughs> on how our days start every day. All right, um, so next segment, my favorite segment of the day. My favorite segment of the week, Jason, especially today, because I think I got a good chance. Yeah. It's this or that. Don don don. All right. You Look at the graphic. Jason's very excited today. Look at making noises. All right, so it looks like, Jason, we have two Breitlings here. Yeah, those are tags. Those are not Clearly tags. Tag wires. No, those are actually awesome Rolex watches. The kings, some people make That's right, the crown. The best of the best. So today we picked... So we were. Th- I was thinking of something a little bit different and ended up on this. So I don't know how you're you going to rate that. How I'm going to pitch it? Yeah, but uh, so my idea was, you know, let's do two Rolexes. That you might be able to buy brand new from a retailer, because I'll, it's all be honest. Basically, you can't get stainless steel Rolexes at brand new from retailers anymore. They are I not mean, allowed. Neither of these models have I seen brand new at a retailer mm, in a while. I think you have a better chance of these than it would be like a Submariner, obviously a Daytona. Well, you're not going to see the Milgauss anymore. I mean, uh, the Z Blue, you might see. Well, this they still make this. They make this one and the Z Blue. Those are the only two that they make. Right, but. I don't think I. Don't, I mean, I haven't seen a Milgauss shipped since November last. Yeah, you're looking. I mean, well, so. but the point is that th- these are a little bit under the radar. You can get them pre-owned for at or just below, like a tad below retail, um, which is are they the same retail? Well, I know what the retail is on the Milgauss. That's eighty one hundred. What is what's on the uh, on the Explorer two? Seeing yeah, is that you're same. obsessed with that. So, so they both have the same retail, um, different functions. Different watches completely. So uh, let's go ahead and pitch. So I'll start with mine. Um, the watch I picked was the Milgauss. What are you, what are you doing with my Milgauss? I'll soon take it. All right. So I picked the green crystal black dial Milgauss because I'm not a fan of the blue dial. I just something about like a, a sunburst dial. There's only probably one sunburst dial that exists that I really like. That it's on a Panerai actually. Uh, Panerai. 327. Look oh. it up, guys. It's a fantastic watch. Um, but so, if we're looking at the the Rolex Milgauss, let's go ahead and get a close up of this bad boy. This thing is beautiful. So you're getting again a watch that uh, an everyday person is not going to know that you're wearing a Rolex. It's not a Datejust, and it's not a it's not a President, and it's not a Submariner. So it's an off the beaten path type Rolex. It used to be like one of the cheaper. Uh, watches that you can find pre-owned because it wasn't like that crazy through retail. Obviously, things have changed. The watch is strengthening, and that's what we'll talk about next. Um, this one has the green crystal, and so this watch was released in 2007. It was a re-edition of a watch that I think was released originally in 1956. The first Milgausses had a black rotating bezel. It had uh, this uh, thunderbolt or uh, lightning bolt seconds hand, and it had these pointed hands as well. So that was a differentiator from the original um, uh, Ro- uh, Submariner. So it looked a little bit like a Submariner because it had a rotating bezel, a black dial, but it had different hands and it had the um, the lightning bolt um, uh, seconds hand, right? So that was that was discontinued, didn't really sell very well, and then it was re-editioned again, I think like 10 years later, um, with a smooth bezel, a white dial, and a black dial, but it didn't have the, uh, the lightning bolt hand. So that was discontinued again. 
and then re-edition in 2007. And I think that one thing about this watch and to appreciate it is to know the history of it because a lot of people don't know that. So if you're wearing this watch, somebody asks you about it, knowing the history is kind of cool and it makes it makes the watch have a little bit more depth in my opinion. Um, what was really cool about this watch in 2007 is that like, this is not a, a Rolex type watch. If Breitling came out with a, a green crystal with, with uh, orange accents on the dial, nobody would bat an eye. But you have a watch from Rolex, which is kind of known for being serious, right? Not whimsical at all. And I mean, this is, I mean, what's another whimsical Rolex that you can think of besides like the Rainbow Daytona? Well, the other one on the table kind of I stands guess. to hearken. But Somewhat. I think I think what you're getting at is is an important part of, of this essential culture mm -hmm. in the Rolex. Like a lot of guys only collect the quirky Rolexes. Yeah. And they don't go for like the, you know, and, and something like a sub, which is, you know, main, main uh, you know, kind of, the main watch of the category, even like a non-date, is is a, is tad quirky, but not quite as quirky as these. Like I would the Explorer, non-date is like the most. The like Explorer Thirty Nine. Yes. Um, this watch, the uh, you know the Explorer Two. There's tons of people that like these off the beaten path kind of you sure. know, unorthodox Rolexes, and so, I agree. I think they're spectacular. Forty millimeters uh, wears super nice on the wrist. It's got the. Uh, the um, what I forgot the name of this class where it's not it doesn't have the flip lock, it's just the it's like the Datejust class. Yeah, I forget Rolex's official name for it, but it's like a hinged That's class. Upsetting. I was hoping you would have known that, Jason. I'm not so the cool thing with are. the specifically this model with the GV, the the green tinted crystal. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just you know way outside the box for Rolex. Yeah. Um, it's definitely got a cult following. People yeah. love the Milgauss. Uh, I I like that watch quite a bit. At 40 millimeters, it wears like a 41 yes. kind of. Um, so a little larger, which is nice. I can pull that off. Well, it sits flat um, on the wrist for somebody. Like, I think it fits, that watch would fit somebody like me with a flat wrist and somebody like you with a round wrist, but like yeah. very well, half-link adjustment, 40 millimeters, subdued. It has a smooth bezel, not a fluted. So for those reasons, I love this watch. And right now, they're roughly about the same price, right? Yeah. Got the easy link. Yeah. Oh, also anti-magnetic, so you don't. Have to, it's a good watch to travel if you're going through uh, security, if you work at a power plant, or if you're some sort of evil genius working with large magnets trying to change the Earth's magnetic fields. You can wear this watch and not have to worry about it. So, again, quirky. Yeah. It's bringing out the quirky side. Yeah. All right, so uh, in a similar kind of uh, aesthetic here, you guys know I love this watch. This is your uh, 216570, or better known as the Polar. That's the Explorer 2 in 42 millimeter white dial. Love that orange GMT hand. And then uh, I've said time and again, I, I, that white dial with the black around the markers, just that stark contrast, it, pops. it, it just really pops off that dial. And then uh, you guys may or may not know that the earlier version of this in the 40 millimeter, the 16570, had the red yeah. GMT hand. Whereas this one has the orange, and I think it just really like takes it up an, a notch. The orange is much brighter and in your face. Um, just really, really clean. This reminds me of the same kind of stark that you get from that. The you know people love the Daytona dial mm -hmm. in that white Daytona dial with the black subs on the new ceramic Daytona. Right. This has that same kind of like in your face pop from the markers, and then uh, in 42 nice. millimeters, applied, right? applied in yeah, moments. all applied in 42 millimeters. It actually wears pretty well. Um, if you can get, if you can pull off uh, Datejust Two, I think you have no problem wearing this watch. Um, Is that a little thinner than the Milgauss? I think in some regards it might be. 
Because I see, well, this has like the iron cage. Right, the Faraday. Yeah, the um, Faraday cage, which is maybe going to give it a little so girth. So fold over buckle. Uh, flip lock, there yeah, you go. Yeah, flip lock, and then same. So we have the easy link Which is mostly well. on dive watches, and this is not a dive watch. That's interesting. Right, well, the Explorer 2 is uh, meant to be more of like a field yeah. a field watch. So it makes right sense. Right up your alley. The uh, easy link is nice. Watch wears really, really well. Slim on the wrist. Here, let me see. Um, yeah, 42 that millimeters. Is a, that Sometimes is a 42. Like too big. So... Some guys, I like it. some guys think it's too large for their wrist. I love that watch. I've been waiting for one. Me. You guys know I've been hinting. I've been waiting for one of those for, for a while. Get this to work here. All right. There you go. Easy link. Yeah, it's got the easy half link adjustment. And, yeah, this has way too many links for me. So I have about a seven and a quarter, like between a seven and seven and a quarter inch wrist. You guys can see. This probably wears very similar to how my Panerai wears. Uh, my Panerai being a 44 millimeter but on a strap. Uh, this is the 42 millimeter, but on a bracelet. And, and Rolex is always wear it a little bit larger because of the way that their bracelets integrated. Um, so yeah, I mean, this feels nice, man. I, I could probably pull this off. Sometimes, sometimes I see this and feel like it's too big. Sometimes I see it and say it's just right. But it's definitely doable. One of the things I will say is the the integration of the bracelet on the Milgauss is pretty special because it's one of the only one of the times oh, you get the Milgauss, the same as like uh, kind of the OP39s. You see how the bracelet. It oh, comes yeah. in past the horns on the lugs. Well, here you can see the, the difference here. If we put them next to each other. Yeah. Just have them kiss. You're able to get the bracelet on the Milgauss to fold down much yeah, closer to the case see lugs. See the link pops out there. So while this is 40 and it wears like a 41, on a smaller wrist, this sits better. Mm -hmm. Where that's that's a little bit more apt for a larger mm -hmm. wrist. So you would say that like these both these watches have a place in the same collection, Jason? Yeah. In my collection. Okay. Nah, I like both watches. I would, honestly, I would wear both watches. But uh, Maybe you will. I really, really have wanted one of these uh, polars for a little while. So uh, yeah, maybe nice. maybe the next one. Let's... I like the black dial, too. I go back and forth uh, between all these watches. But it's nice because so these are somewhat available Rolexes. You're not going to, people aren't killing each other to get them like they are with the Daytonas. Sure. And, uh, you know, with the with the Pepsis now. And uh, for for less money, I think it's a value. So you guys can vote. Let's see. Do we have poll results here? I have a feeling it's going to be pretty even. Hey, look, look at that. that. It's uh, not really an exciting... Uh, we don't what have a percentage. Yeah, what happened to the percentage? So it looks the like the, the Rolex Explorer is just a tad bit more popular than the Milgauss. About, is there a reason uh, why we don't have percentages today? About four millimeters. We don't care. Okay. Yeah, four, four millimeters. millimeters is You're beating me by four millimeters, Jason. It's the first awesome. and last time. So, Josh's so. uh, Russian robots have hacked the percentage on the meter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but both watches in their own right are well, look, standout Rolexes. Someone's making a, a a comment about like if a watch fits Jason's, it's too big for me. But to be honest with you, the, both these watches fit both of our wrists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so because you have you're probably like seven and a half, seven three quarters depending on your swell. I'm seven seven and a quarter depending on my swell. And both these watches can fit on our wrists. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. No so <laughs> thanks for signing in, guys. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. So, guys, keep voting. We'll see how it goes at the end. And if I win, I'll get up and I'll uh, parade around like a jackass because that's what I like to do. Yeah. Um, all right. So this week, let's get back to something that we haven't talked about in a while because we've just been talking about personal things. You know, we don't want to be bored when we're sitting here on a Friday evening trying to wind down for the week and 
talk talk to you folks. So uh, a lot of times we'll just talk about what we want to talk about. One thing we've got away from is talking about like what's worth, you know, how much watches are worth, and what's happening in the market. So let's go ahead and talk about that today. And we can actually start with these watches if you want. Right? Sure. So would you consider both these models uh, on the upswing or downswing currently? Uh, currently, I would say that uh, they're on the upswing. Yeah. And I would say the reason for that is with models that are gaining in popularity and becoming harder and harder to get, like the subs, you know, which are, you know, uh, up. Um, people Someone wanting... asked downstairs when we walked in asking, do you guys have a black dial Submariner yeah. in stock? I'd like to buy it today. I was like, oh, we wish. Yeah, but I mean, uh, models like that, like the Pepsi, people <laughs> wanting the Hulks and the Batmans, I think what that does is it drives people to look for an alternative and while the guys that love these watches on you know a pretty normal basis they've loved them for years now they're they're getting started to get pushed out by the guys that would have never looked at these because it's a stainless steel rolex um so both of these models i think are fantastic uh, to pick up and yeah. i think they are on an upswing they're they're a bit of an upswing like the the price explosion that you've seen for rolex is slowly starting to affect other models too so that's why we're saying these are Decent, like under the radar pieces. Um, you know, if you look at trends, guys, uh, new buyers are usually looking for like the mainstays, so like the Samariners and the Daychusts, right? Those are the two pieces that people are really looking for. And then it kind of spreads out from there, right? So, like, this is usually like a second Rolex that you right. buy, yeah. not the first. So, that's why you're seeing that these, while having, they haven't going up, I mean, you used to be able to find uh, Green Crystal Mill Gausses pre owned in the five range. Now, as you know, wholesale or what dealers are buying these watches to turn around and clean them sure. up and sell them yeah. is m that or more. So uh, it's it's really interesting to see that. Do you um, know that I saw, that? I think I sent it to you. Yes. I saw this watch. Yep. With no box or papers. Yes. Posted on a very reputable Crown and Caliber. It was not Crown and Caliber. It was. No, it wasn't. Okay. It was Torno. Oh, sorry, Torno. Same thing. This watch, which. If I'm not mistaken, this is posted on our website for sixty-five hundred dollars. No, or sixty-nine fifty, something like that. It's yeah. it's within reason. That was like uh, like uh, a little over seven, I think. Right now is what we're asking for. Uh, uh, we had our so we had one. They had this watch posted for eighty-eight thousand dollars or eighty-one hundred dollars for retail price with no box, no or box papers. Or papers. And this watch and is it was the like a two thousand fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. No box, no papers. It's and nuts. how do we even know if it's twenty fifteen? And I remember four years ago, you could buy these for six grand. Yes, easily, and that's that's also find, a, you know now, like a good deal on that watch pre-owned right now seventy five hundred bucks. Yeah, on the on the Explorer two, and forty two. I mean, but you're even seeing the forty millimeters Explorers have gone yeah. up. So we used those are watches About twelve months ago. Those took a run when I first started in this industry. The uh, like five years ago or so, those were watches that like wholesale like dealers would be buying around like. 2500 to three right like it like nobody really wanted it, it 2500 to three didn't care what iteration uh you know a a uh one six five seven zero a one six five five zero whatever it may be um nobody cared it was just like 2500 bucks box papers three grand box papers whatever and you know they would sell for at most like 4500 dollars. now guys like us are paying like forty five hundred dollars, five thousand dollars for these watches for the forty for the forty millimeters, you know, and listing them for sale for you know a thousand over that or fifteen hundred dollars over that. It's crazy. Well, it's, it's well, yeah. I mean, again, we always talk about the all boats rise type of thing, right? Yeah. And the market is just going nuts. And what that leads to is it, you, you get this ripple effect out to these models, which right. is what we're talking about with these. Yeah. And these are just happen to be the like the coolest watches at the 
at the bottom of that line right now. That's in true. In my opinion. In rollers, so, yeah. Yeah, so they're the top dogs for the for the lowest of that line. Um, and we're starting to see these rise as well. But to your point, like 12 months ago, mm-hmm. the 40 millimeters, the 16570s in both colors, like they just went on a run. Oh, yeah. For like six months, they were all up like $1,500. Well, here's a funny story. We opened an office in Hong Kong, and there was pressure to buy watches. So one of our guys went over there and bought a ton of watches for what we considered too much money. We had a right. ton of these watches. And we didn't know what we were going to do. We were like, crap, we bought these for what we could sell them for or, or for more than what we could sell right. them for. Within a six-month period, there was a run on these watches, and all of a sudden, they became decent buys. And then we here, were able to make some sort of profit, which is crazy. Here comes the market to save our ass because we bought them Thank unknowingly. God. And that's the thing also. That. you know, People think that... You know, oh, well, you're the expert. You know, some guys try to call in and try to put pressure. Well, you're the expert. You should know. It's like, listen, we're tr- even the experts lose money on we watches. Take we try. We're just trying to figure it out happens. what's the most we can buy it for from a customer to make them happy and also turn around and make a make a reasonable profit for ourselves and keep the business. So it's like it's a balance, right? So you know, I go to these shows, which I'll be at an IWJG show on on Monday, and I'm seeing like these, you know, some dealers. Either are either just not buying Rolex altogether, just because they can't afford to make tiny little profits because sure. they're going to go out of business. Doesn't like they have to fly into a show to go buy Rolex to go buy fly in and then, you know make yeah. make a you know hundred two hundred dollars on a watch it doesn't make sense and they don't have no infrastructure. So you know it's it, it is interesting at what's happening with these watches and you you do have some people who are trying to push you and feel like oh well you know this thing's going to be worth more. So we if you're buying it speculatively you have to protect yourself. That's just the way it is. If if your business the way you feed yourself. Is buying and selling watches. You have to have some sort of, of, of understanding that you can't pay every last dollar for the watch and right. hope to make some sort of profit. You won't feed yourself. But again, you know, listen, if I'm a customer, it's not really my problem. I'm just trying to get the best deal. Yeah, so, no I fault in doing that. your due diligence and you know your research. But some of these guys will, will you know drive themselves crazy flipping watches <laughs> for two hundred dollars a piece. Yeah. Um, you know, and when and you buy one the wrong way, and then you lose all your yeah, profits. Yeah, and you're you're in the hole. Where realistically, if you're buying like you know UN pieces at really good prices, like those quirky type of watches, we actually do really well with on the website. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff that's more off the beaten path. So, and I think as a whole, the industry is looking for pieces that are are off the beaten path, um, and kind of more quirky. So, like the UN uh, Max Marine. We've seen a run on those a little bit. Um, yeah. Guys looking for like full stainless steel dive watches that aren't a Submariner, sure, because they can't get one. So hey, where can I go spend, you know, four or five grand yeah. and get an awesome dive watch? And There's that's, a small incremental you know, increase in what we pay for those. Um, you know, which yeah. well, so one other thing is like so I so I've noticed this with the Rolex is obviously uh, one thing is uh, is that the while the Daytona is holding strong and, and strengthening a little bit. Uh, Sky Dwellers, the Blue Dial, strong, if not getting a little stronger, white and black are becoming available. So those right. are selling uh, secondary market closer to, to retail. And eventually, I, I think they might go down, but who knows? It changes week to week, right? Sure. But my feeling is that white and black dials are going to start inching their way down towards selling right at retail. Um, you, But uh, the Pepsis, which, you know, everybody... Who was trying? Who everybody who kind of jumped on the bandwagon to get Rolex because you know they heard their friend was buying a, a bought a Daytona and went up double in price. When they came out with the Pepsi, everybody went out and put their name on the list, That's right? True. So, so most of the guys who bought them 
were thinking, all right, well, it, even if I if I don't like the watch, I'll buy it and sell it for profit, right? That was everybody who bought the watch, I feel like. And I know there were some people who disagree with us yeah. that they said that they bought the watch because they love it. Well, okay, you're in the minority, sir. As somebody who sees, you know, it, Jason and I handle hundreds of watches every week, thousands of watches uh, throughout the year, and you know we get to see the trends in real time, right? Sure. So while yeah, there are a few people who do like the watch. In fact, in our office, there's a lot of contention. But it, it, the people who truly like the watch for what it is and would pay a premium for it are in the very minority. People who uh, so so my point is in regards to that to the new Pepsi on the Jubilee. That watch is starting to soften up a little bit. In fact, when I go to the dealer shows, and that's a great way to find it because those guys are r- running razor-thin margins, so they're they're going to pay every last dollar until they realize they don't have to, and then they pay, start paying less. Right. So the the wholesale or you know what dealers would pay to, in order to resell is coming down on those Pepsis. So you know they used to be twenty three thousand dollars, then they're twenty one thousand dollars now. You know they're sub twenty. They're sub twenty, and I think it's going to start evening out. I mean, it's a ninety. Was it ninety two yeah, or ninety eight hundred dollar retail? I think that's it's true, and it's very fair to say that they're softening. We've seen it in real time, um, as Josh is saying. The uh, root beer, even more so. Well, that, that never watch, even had a bubble. I feel like it I, was like a week. I feel yeah, it was like a week long where people were like they delivered way more of those than people thought. Uh, you know, we get. I got maybe five phone calls last week of five different guys that are like, "Hey, they called me. The watch is there. What can I sell it for?" Yeah, don't buy the watch, man. Because well, I not can't. if you want it. Not if you want to make yeah. a profit. If you want to wear it and take a small loss, because that's the other thing. People in this, okay, again, five years ago, if you bought a watch for ten thousand dollars and then ended up selling it for seventy five hundred dollars within a year, that's a good deal. I'm gonna own a ten thousand dollar watch for twenty five hundred. And people were like understood that now, if you can't make a profit, there's no reason to buy it. It's like, well, listen, this is starting to get out of control, you know. Unless you're set up, unless that's how you're feeding yourself, like why, why are you doing that? Right. You know. And I understand because it became easy, and now people feel like that's just the way it works. I feel like a lot of guys moved out of like it being a hobby mm-hmm. and like enjoying the watch for a year or two on their wrist to moving to becoming like micro dealers. Like yeah. they're getting in the dabbling of, of trying course. to flip stuff, which only makes sense. You're going to try and take advantage of a market when you see a, you know, a spike, when you see yeah. a, a spike and you know, you can uh, make sense, you can but do it, so, but the, makes things the a little root beer is not a piece that you buy at retail to make money on right now. No. Um, but it's still strong, but so, okay. So other Rolexes, um, that are that are hot like the uh, the Oyster Flex White Gold Daytona super hot watch. It still sells right around retail on right. the secondary market. Yellow Gold is probably a little bit less hot. That's going to sell a little bit, um, you know, a little bit less. Uh, we're seeing some of the somewhat vintage pieces. So like the um, like early two thousands Cokes and Pepsi's mm-hmm. spiked and they're kind of staying. They they look they spiked real high and then they came down a little bit. And now they're you know you're finding those watches from anywhere between like on the low end eight grand and the top end fifteen. Well, I think what you're seeing there too is kind of a little bit of a market correction because mm-hmm. when the watches shoot up, everybody that has one stowed away says, well, maybe I should sell it right now, right? Or, oh, yeah. look, this is crazy. I should sell mine. Right. Then they flood the market, and then the prices come down because well, the they're available. Is, so the market can change day to day, and the crazy thing is... Um, Very much. Well, the, thing, the crazy thing is that right now, the way things are, 10 years ago, if you wanted to sell your watch and, like, get it out in the market... Like you had maybe start an eBay account, and you know there's a lot of process, create PayPal and stuff. Now there's eBay, there's PayPal, there's all these forums, so you can get your watch out in the market within an hour. Yeah. Where you know, like I feel like people are much more um, uh, technologically savvy, so 
there's guys in the past that wouldn't that uh, like wouldn't go through the trouble of doing it. Now they feel comfortable to go sell. It. So, like literally, if I make an offer on a watch today and I make a strong offer tomorrow, it could change. In fact, that's happened to me. Yeah. Um. The the Omega Ultraman. So let's go that. change gears. So Omega is uh, Omega is making you know special edition Speedmasters, right? The Speedy Tuesday blew up. Snoopy obviously blew up. The old Snoopy. So a bunch of their models went up while some of them are not. So it's a weird... Omega's a really weird case, right? So you have some watches that are selling at insane prices and others that are like, you know, you can buy yeah. them for half price, half retail. Yeah. Whereas like Rolex, you don't have that. So I feel like the Omega collector, they're very finicky and they like... If there's, if there's hype on a certain thing and it gets really hard to get, like all of a sudden they jump on it and then there's other pieces like the, the new CK2998 kind of fell under market mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people like the first 2998 from you know uh, what was that a year and a half ago mm -hmm. or so blew up it was selling yep. over retail people were all over it. it the new one came out at basel but it was also it's announced with you know other watches mm -hmm. um that that took the attention and it, it kind of flopped a little bit well, the blue ck988 um, is still ck2988 yeah, is still, still so much strong yeah Bobby, yeah, the new one, I haven't had any demand for it. I've had one or two people ask me for it. Uh, but so the Ultraman comes out, $7,100 retail, right. which also it's like, okay. So I can buy for $5,250. I can buy a, a Speedy, the 005 Speedy, um, on a bracelet with a nice box set, wear that and enjoy it. Or for $7,100, I get a special edition that's made, how many did they make, like 2000 Yeah, uh, it was a... What was it, E-Boutique? I think it was, yeah, it was 2,000 pieces or like 19-something. It was a right number. So they have, but there's there's a lot. So there's there's a little overproduction there. But also, so it's $7,100. So you're going to pay you know $2,000 more for the watch on a NATO strap. Where's my bracelet? Where the hell is my If they delivered it with a bracelet, I feel like they would do better with it. The watch looks super cool. I love it. I got it on my wrist. It's okay. It's not worth $7,100. Honestly... Bucks. It's not worth, and so, so to my point here, I offered somebody... Uh, uh, and early in, early in the week, like two weeks ago, I offered somebody $8,200 to buy that watch, thinking I could turn around and sell it for between 9 and 10 It's a nice little profit. That person bought it. They make profit. We're, you know, we'll, win -win. we'll make a deal, right? Yeah. So the person waits about a week and a half, accepts my offer. I don't check the market. I send them a shipping label. They send the watch in. In the meantime, somebody walked into our office and offered us two of them for just under retail, right? So I had to call her and say, hey, listen, we didn't make the deal yet, but... I can't honor my offer at this point because I made it to originally two weeks ago and the market's changed. She was okay with it. She said, that's fine. I'll wear the watch. It's not a big deal. Right. But like, and I felt terrible. I don't think I've ever done that before, but so things are changing so fast and it's, it's, it's a little scary. The thing too, is that, um, you know, for, for how many of them they made, you would, they were initially the thing, the story was that they're all spoken for. Right. And what happened is in the last week or so, we've seen that, they're actually being delivered yeah. lately. Like, so I think they held a batch, or maybe they only delivered half of them. But we've we've been getting calls with people like, "Hey, I just got the call. I got one." Yeah, somebody you know, texted me today. Sell it? Somebody texted so me. They I guess are from the becoming show. a little bit more readily. Some guy I don't know texted me saying, "Hey, I was just offered a uh, an Ultraman. Um, I bought something else in the meantime since I committed to this, and I have to go pick it up. Is it worth me buying and flipping?" And I said, sorry, man, I'm not paying over retail for I, that watch. I personally, I think um, if you want some kind of color scheme, uh, one similar to what we were talking about this with stuff on the uptick, um, the Speedmaster Tintin. Yeah, with yeah. The, with the, uh, but that black, thing's, the red and orange. That's like a, I think we were selling ours for like six or 7,000 bucks. Yeah, they're which, cool. That's but, a market, but like, damn, man, it's a Speedmaster. Yeah. 
It's crazy. So a few other things we want to touch on. So paddock, white dial Nautiluses are starting to catch up with the blue dials. Um, we're seeing those go up a little bit. And, uh, I mean, I, personally, I like the white dials better than blue anyways. And I think you're seeing a little bit of blue fatigue. So um, the white dials are, are starting to gain attraction. Like we had a 5726 for $55,000 over retail. And I'm looking on, like I had a customer ask me, like, why I'm asking so much? And I had to, like, double double check myself, make sure that we're within the market. I look right. and there's, I mean, more than half of the watches available are above our price point and I couldn't find anything less than like a thousand or two less than what we're asking and we're an authorized paddock dealer so yeah. there's a little bit so you got to think to yourself like um you know is it like what's you know what's, what's the deal happening here, right yeah. um the other thing is Panerai so we're seeing somewhat of a slowing in Panerai I'm seeing um like where I've noticed our inventory stacking up so we're buying multiples of the Panerai's I think Panerai is more of an ebb and flow throughout the year the Bronzo surprised me a little bit um the blue bronzos i've never seen them at the uh like fluctuate this much i mean can you remember the last time you've seen any bronzo less than twenty five thousand asking i mean it was there, it's it's been it's yeah, been a while i, I mean there's one without box and papers listed online which who the hell wants that watch without box papers listed in the in the low 20s which scared the hell out of me i think it'll i think once some of that inventory changes things will come back up a little bit but you know and that's, that's that's arguably like that's the watch. The if you're gonna look at their watch, it's yeah. the only Panerai that that's gonna determine a market shift for Panerai. It's the Bronzo. So if the Bronzo is not selling well, and we know other Panerais are down, hmm. like it's scary. We really got to start thinking about you know how vulnerable is the secondary market, and should we be buying this many of this piece? Yeah. Well, we've had so and, today we had to turn away somebody who wanted to sell us a three eleven because we had five of them or four mm -hmm. of them. You know, and we're we're you know we're. We're buying them in the market. We're turning around. We're selling them, but it it seems like uh, things slow down. Probably, hopefully, the holiday market will pick back up, so things will start moving, so people will start spending some money, and 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 these watches will hold more value. Because in the end, the more the watch, the more the value, the, wa uh, the more the watch holds value, the better it is for everybody. Sure. Because the customer gets it retail, they sell it to somebody else, you know, pre-owned with somebody like us, and then they get a fair price from us. We turn around because the watch is somewhat unavailable. We'll be able to sell it for a small profit and sell it a little over retail, right around retail. Like that's not a bad thing. Sell, buying a watch and selling it for twenty percent of what you paid for it—that sucks. I mean, selfish aside, right? Industry standards, the enjoyment of buying a piece like that, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's it's good for the watch industry to have a positive overview on being able to buy something, enjoy it for a bit, sell it, and not take a tremendous loss. Yeah. So then that guy is going to go buy another watch and another watch, and it's good for the industry to keep, you know, watches, one, in sales, and two, grow the certified pre-owned market. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, buying experience, uh, which we always preach, is, is important. Yeah. And not only doing your own homework, but having someone that you trust uh, to tell <laughs> you what what's up. Um, why we come out here and we kind of try and tell you guys, uh, from a perspective, that's why we do this show. Um, you know, and sometimes we come out and we have fun. And sometimes we come out and we talk about stuff like this, which we think is important for you guys to oh, yeah. kind of understand what the market's doing. One thing I, I skipped on was the Batman because we took, we didn't talk about the Batman or the Hulks. The Hulks are getting stronger; they're staying strong. Hulks you know, you're, are smashing. You're finding those probably anywhere between like eleven to thirteen. Hulk, Hulk smash! Oh yeah, so funny, Jason. Blah, 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 blah. I'm glad so, you stopped to acknowledge my joke. Thank you very much. I, like it took Point it was fact. such a terrible joke that it took me like a good three or four seconds to realize you had even made one, Jason. But it's all good. I like terrible jokes if you haven't noticed. So you're finding Hulks between eleven and thirteen thousand um, dollars. 
you know, uh, uh, eleven and thirteen thousand dollars on the on the open market. Dealers are paying north of ten thousand for them. Um, you have Batman's, which are it seems like they're holding pretty strong. They haven't dropped, and uh, you have them like you're finding those between probably like ten five and twelve thousand dollars. Dealers are paying north of nine for those watches. So you know you're seeing. Uh, those two watches are definitely strong, and again, we've said it before, if the Hulk is discontinued, I believe it'll be a $15,000 watch going forward. And then, uh, so, also talking how we started with these, on rippling out, the 116710, the regular black, yeah, yeah, has strengthened right. because of the Batman. That's right. Yeah. People love the Batman, can't get one, can't justify spending that much money. Well, I kind of like the black bezel as much as I like the two-tone. Mm-hmm. And they go with the black. I mean, so that's also getting pretty strong. Yeah, a Note Eight subs are strong. I, I just I couldn't believe how much I paid for a Note Eight sub the other day. I, like I got a little queasy, and I was worried that I had just I've, made a mistake. So we're at the point now where we're buying some models of Rolex for what we've sold some models of Rolex for. Like, I mean, I'm buying past that. Yeah, I mean, we're buying like I'm buying this watch for a year ago what I've sold them for. Well, like it's not three or four years ago, a used Note Eight sub would sell for like fifty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Right, seventy five hundred dollars retail and resell for fifty five hundred, and maybe we pay like four forty five hundred. Like I'm paying way more than that for yeah. it now. It's bizarre, dude. It, it's scary. And like one thing that you know, as as somebody who makes his living doing this, um, obviously, thankfully, work for a larger company. I'm not spending my my hard earned dollars on this inventory, but I mean, we treat it like it's our dollars we, because that's the really only do. way yeah. we have to. Because listen, if I make a mistake and I lose money for the company, it's bad. Right, I'm gonna look back. I could lose my job, but also, you know, I have a reputation. Well, like not I'm only that, because be... you know, there's this is how we make our money is when that stuff sells, yeah. and when you know, so there's other factors into it on that. So, um, yeah, but th- so the point is that, like, you know, we're uh, when things hit the fan, and I don't know if they will, but if they do, holding such a large inventory can be scary. That's all. Yeah. This is a very serious show, Jason. Yeah, we got. Let's see the poll, guys. Back into it. Let's see if I can dance. There's no percentage on there, is there? Let's see. I'm gonna beat. How you. many millimeters am I beating you by? Oh, geez, so many millimeters. Oh, We're almost. That's a whole case size. Oh, jeez, bro, you got a 44 millimeter panorama. You beat me by. This is so upsetting. I think. Uh, I think one of the reasons that dial is just so stark. Um, the two one six five seven zero. The Explorer two. It's just it pops off that screen. You guys don't understand the the, the Milgauss. It's such a great watch. You the just Milgauss don't understand is, it. it. The Milgauss is honestly it's it's beautiful. Uh, I like that watch quite a bit. But I think though clearly with the pull, the winner here is the forty two millimeter polar. Yeah, exactly. But um, all right, guys. Well, uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. This has been about forty minutes of us talking. Has it? Yeah, dude. That long. Well, All right, so extra you can see, bonus edition for you, you guys. You can see our phone numbers here. I've, I got a few calls this week. I appreciate you guys reaching out to me, working on a few uh, deals for some clients, trying to you know get them some good money for watches or getting them a good deal um, for a watch that they're buying from me. Happy to keep doing so. I'll be in Miami, but I will be working. My cell phone will be with me. So if you want to send me a text, to go ahead. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram. I'm Mr. Thanos, at Mr. Thanos. Very simple, very straightforward, at Mr. Thanos, posting nice pictures of nice watches. Jason has a terrible Instagram name. You can go ahead and subscribe to our channel, though. We have 58,000 subscribers so far. Every week, it feels like we're, we're gaining subscribers. It's fantastic, and we're looking forward to gaining more. Um, you can subscribe there. You can check us out on Instagram at uh, Watchbox. That's right, at Watchbox. Uh, you can also check check out the uh, the classroom. 
I had a second classroom meeting. You guys came to class and you learned something, didn't you? Yes, you did. Also, you can check us out on, uh, where else can you check us out? Grubhub, Uber Eats. Uh, you can get us on Friendster. You can get us on Napster, Bear Share. You can catch us on, on 